welcome to Lydia House on this beautiful, sunny, sort of uh, April morning, spring morning. He is risen still, even though it was a week ago. Uh, he is still alive, even now, 2,000 years later. Amen. Praise God. And uh, we've got another quarantine service coming at you today, but whether or not we're in lockdown or we get to meet outside or we meet downstairs or whatever it is that we meet, um, God is there. Amen. Wherever two or more are gathered, he is there. And so he's with us now as we gather, even remotely and through much distance in some cases. And But that doesn't matter. There is no distance in the spirit. Amen. And so even if you're watching or listening to this, you know, years from now, you can still enter in into what the Holy Spirit is doing now because things like time and distance don't affect God. He's beyond all those things. Those are constructs of the physical world that he created, but he's outside of creation. And that means that no matter where you are, who you are, when you are, you can enter into worship right now and join us. So please join me in prayer. Father God, a lot of us have some burdens right now. A lot of us have an, a bit of extra stress, anxiety, concern. And I pray that now for the next hour and a half or so, 70 minutes as we spend together worshiping you and learning from your word, I pray that for this time you would help us to set those things down. So I encourage you who are listening, watching, to just set down the things that are on your heart right now that are weighing you down emotionally, those concerns, those stresses, those things that keep your heart kind of fluttering or keep your stomach just a little off. Just take a deep breath and let go of those things. Just stick them under your chair for now. Anything that is on your mind that you can't seem to get off. Um, it's hard to focus. A lot of people are finding it hard to focus these days. And I encourage you right now to just set that all aside, everything. For, for right now, coronavirus doesn't matter. The economy doesn't matter. Distancing doesn't matter. Let's just set all those things down right now. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we want to learn how to love you with all of our heart. Not just when our heart is burdened by stuff. Help us to set those things aside so we can love you with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. With a mind that's focused on you and not distracted by all the things that are going on, Lord. Help us to do that. It's really hard for us. And help us to worship you now with all of our strength. Lord, help us to focus on you and just put everything else aside and open up to praise you because you are worthy of praise. And to receive whatever it is that you have to give us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you feel the world is broken? Do you feel the shadows deepen? Do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through? i 
Is it good that we remind ourselves of this? Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? I am a Thank you that you sacrificed on your, yourself on the cross for us and rose again. That you conquered the grave. And that you are worthy. We thank you that you did all that for us. Jesus.
suffering and being sacrificed. You thought of us when you descended to the place of the dead. You thought of us when you took the keys of death and hell and rose from the dead. And now you invite us into that same resurrection power. Lord, your word says that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is at work in us. And I thank you for that, Lord. And I confess and repent of the times when I have acted like I don't have resurrection power, when I've acted like I'm hopeless, or when I've acted like everything's against me, or when I've acted like there's something I just can't do or something I just can't conquer. Lord God, I confess that because I have your resurrection power in me, and so I always have the victory in you. So Lord, help me to see that. Help us all to see that every day. I want you to just open up your hands, hold them out wherever you are. Hold out your hands, and I want you to close your eyes. Father God, I ask that you would send your Holy Spirit afresh on all of us. We receive you, Spirit of the living God. May that anointing, that resurrection power, be more evident in our lives. And remind us, Lord, that we walk by faith and not by sight. It doesn't matter what we see around us. We walk in victory because you already have the victory. And you live in us. Whatever it is that you are facing right now, the difficulties, emotions, stresses, I want you to take just a moment just to hand those over to Jesus. I know we put them under our chair. <laughs> Uh, a minute ago, but take them out and I want you to hand them over. Just give them to Jesus. He wants to take them. He says, cast all your anxieties on me. So let's do that now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that because of you, we already have the victory, no matter what we see with our eyes. Shines for love. 
for the good it will prosper When the darkness falls it won't breathe Cause the God I know knows only how to triumph My God will never fail
victory. I'm gonna sing your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Your name, your name is victory. All praise will rise to Christ our King. Let the Lord take away 
Just a couple quick announcements today. Um, just a reminder, it really helps us out if you can repost our, uh, particularly the service videos, but you know other things as well. Repost them to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever you like to use social media wise. Um, this is a time where inviting people to physically join us isn't an option, but we can invite people to digitally join us. And I have found that that's actually more likely to work because it's a little less scary uh, for folks to join on a laptop or on a TV than it is to join in person. And God says, taste and see that the Lord is good. In other words, hey, try me out because you're going to like it. So we want to encourage people to try out the Lord. Try out the Holy Spirit. Give it a shot. What do you got to lose? You know, if you... Don't get anything out of it. You've wasted a couple hours of your life. And if you do, you may have found healing and purpose and destiny and meaning and eternal life. And so I think that's a pretty good bet. It's worth giving the Lord a shot. And for those of you who know folks that are struggling right now, I encourage you to let them know um, about Lady House and what we're doing. I encourage you to pray for them. Ask the Lord to give you something specific you can pray for them for. If there's some way you can bless them or you can meet some of their needs, then I encourage you to do that as well. So please repost our stuff on social media. And giving is still happening. Obviously, it's online primarily. So if you want to give, um, there's a PayPal link on the website, LittyHouseChurch.org. And before Pastor Paul comes up, to give us our messages for the day, I want to just lift up a few groups in prayer. I think that as a church, as we come together, it's important for us to um, take on that intercessory role of praying for the world and praying for the community around us, uh, because that's part of our job as a church, is to stand in the gap uh, for those who need it. And so please join me in prayer. I want to pray for some of the most vulnerable in our world and in our country. Uh, I think specifically of Uganda. We talked a little bit last week about an update from Pastor Dawson, but um, when you make very little and you can't work, you starve to death. That, that's how it works. 
There's a lot of people like that right now throughout the two-thirds world. Um, people we know in Uganda are dealing with that. So Pastor Dawson is handing out food um, and supplies to those folks. They're uh, 70 to 80% Muslim in that area. And so it's a, it's a great witness. And so Father God, I pray that you would bless Pastor Dawson for doing that and for giving a cup of cold water to someone in need. We know that you're gonna bless him for that. And I pray that you would expand um, that territory and that ministry. In Uganda, we pray for Bangladesh, refugee camp where Rachel Wolf, Sarah's sister works with the Rohingya people, and that's a it's it's a tough place um, to have a virus spreading at refugee camp. So we pray just for miracles, Lord. We pray for a supernatural miracle in that place, and I pray the same for other places in the world where people are just jammed in really close quarters and social distancing is difficult and virus spread becomes really tough. I pray that you would um, just send your angels to block that out. Um, we want to see some miracles happen, Lord God, and we pray for people um, close to us, uh, closer to us, I should say, such as um, we think of prisons, think of native reservations, homeless shelters, places like this where people are more vulnerable and they're already um, in greater need and often have uh, difficulties with healthcare um, and with staying healthy and that sort of thing. And so, Father, we pray that you would protect them as well. And in all of these things, we ask uh, that you would use us, partner with us, or rather, help us to partner with you in reaching out to these folks, protecting these folks. I thank you for Jacob, uh, Jacob Bagul in our First Nation outreach. He's been collecting a lot of uh, supplies lately, and he's planning to do a run um, out to Montana soon, which I will hopefully attend with him. And so I pray that you'd continue to bless Jacob and his work um, on the native reservations here in Minnesota and North Dakota in particular. And we pray for um, Japanese Student Connections, um, the ministry that Masumi uh, and John Abler um, helped to facilitate um, in the Twin Cities that uh, bring Japanese students together. A lot of them were sent home um, when things started getting bad, but there are a bunch of them that are stuck here. Um, and so, Father, I pray that you would bless that ministry and that outreach to those um, Japanese who are um, going through a difficult time and real lonely right now. I pray that you would uh, comfort them, Father. And we pray for everybody who is in the healthcare field, um, especially those of, of us who are in the healthcare field. We pray for Sarah and Audrey and Isaiah, who are all <clears throat> part of helping to facilitate healing, which um, is a little scarier these days. So, Father God, we pray that you would bless them, protect them, send your angels to watch over them, to comfort them. There's so much stress right now in hospitals and so much worry and concern and anger and confusion. It's really, really, really difficult right now. And so, Father, I pray that you would just bless our folks, that they can be a beacon of light and a beacon of peace in the midst of terrible stress and worry and anxiety and fear. Pray that you would fill them up with so much of your peace that it pushes out from them and affects everybody around them. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Pastor Paul, please head on up. It's pretending that we're in the same room right now. <laughs> and uh, share your words with us. Thank you, Kaylee. God bless. Good morning. Good morning. Children, especially. Um, I missed you all. All my Sunday school kids and everyone. And you know what? I just wanted to say 
We have been looking for Ducky. Right? <laughs> yes, we have. And we just can't find him. I think actually he's been sleeping in that suitcase. You know that suitcase, everyone? He takes naps in there, especially now because of the snow. And that snow, it became winter all of a sudden. And it's just crazy because it makes me cold and I, I don't know what to do. Oh, don't worry about it. Let's just hug and love each other and be nice to each other. And you know what? This, the, the snow's melting. And guess what? New leaves are coming. New leaves. That's what I'm looking forward to. Spring. Everyone is. Have you been enjoying the walks? That's what that guy right there. Papa Paul's what my grandkids call him. We have been enjoying walks with Naomi. And he plays a piano, you know. So we sit down at the piano and we sing. We sing to my parents and grandpa and grandma who are 95. And they sing with us. We've been singing old songs, fun songs, praise songs, worship, and uh, some... What were the songs that we pulled up from way back. So sing to each other. And uh, of course, everyone is saying, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. So we, of course, are doing more of that and cleaning and, and uh, just enjoying talking a little bit more together. So God bless you. And uh, the Lord says to all of you, he loves you. And so do I. And so do we, is what the, these guys are saying. I've got to figure out this camera a little bit better. <laughs> All right, adios. And listen to the wonderful story now. A wonderful story that Papa Paul is going to tell you. It's about a lady named Edith Burns. You can stay with me if you want. Edith Burns, and this is a story for adults the kids can hear. So it's a children's sermon for adults. Edith, it's a true story, lived in San Antonio, Texas, and she was the favorite patient of her doctor. She used to uh, say, hello, my name is Edith Burns. Do you believe in Easter? That's how she'd introduce herself. And uh, people, Beverly, who worked at the uh, uh, doctor's office, said, oh, I believe in Easter. Of course I do. It's egg hunts and it's dressing up, and it's going to church, and he just said, well, it's even more than that, and he, she heard the story, Beverly heard the story from Edith, and came to know Jesus, so one day, Dr. Yes, oh, yes, <laughs> Dr. Phillips came into the office, walked by Edith, who was talking to a young mother, had her Bible open, he knew what she was doing, so he said to Beverly, don't call her in right away, call her in a little, little later, Dr. Phillips was a Christian, understood what Edith was doing. And uh, then he, they called in Edith, and they said, Edith, we have very sad news for you. <clears throat> the lab reports mm -hmm. came back, and it shows that you have severe cancer, oh, and you my. won't be with us for very long. 
So Very sad. Yes. And Edith said, why, Dr. Phillips, why would you be sad? I'm going to meet my Lord, Jesus Christ. I'm going to be reunited to my husband and all the friends. Yay. In fact, some of them that I've led to the Lord. It's going yeah. to be a great day. Why are you sad? Yeah. He went back into his office and said, what a magnificent lady. So Christmas passed, came into the new year, January 3rd. The office opened again, and Edith was not there. She called in later in the day. And she said, I think I'm going to have to go to the hospital. It's getting worse. But here's what I want you to do. I want you, Dr. Phillips, to put me next to people who don't know what Easter is about so that I can introduce myself to them and share with Great them. Great idea. Great idea, huh? Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Oh, yay. He, he did that for her so that when she went to the yeah. hospital, yeah. she was able to connect with these people who needed Jesus. Yeah. So Edith would say, hello, my name is Edith. Uh, what do you know about Easter? Uh -huh. And so then she would tell them. So And she, she uh, led nurses to the Lord, many of them, except for mm. Phyllis Cross. Ooh. Phyllis Cross was an army nurse. She had divorced three times. It had been hard for her, and she did not want anything to do with, with that religious nut. That's what she called mm. Edith. However, she uh -huh. had to give her a flu shot after a week or so because two nurses were sick, and so she came into the room. Kind of like the coronavirus thing, that virus thing that's going around. I think it was something like that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> So, where where was I? Uh, she uh, so she came in. Give her the shot. Oh yes, to give her her shot. And Edith said, "Phyllis, God loves you, and so do I. And I've been praying for you." And Phyllis said, "Don't. It won't do any good." And she said, "I've been praying that you will come to understand Easter." And she said, well, you're going to be praying a long time because it's not going to work for me. It's so sad. Yeah. However, a couple weeks later, Phyllis said, after this day, she said, I was literally drawn like a magnet into her room. I sat down on Edith's bed, and <clears throat> she said, Edith, you always ask people, uh, what do you believe about Easter? And you never asked me. And she said, I wanted to, but God said, don't say anything until she asks you. Yeah. Okay, good. So she asked, now she tells her. Uh -huh. And she told her about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hmm. And Philip said, Thank oh, I Lord. want to believe that. Yes. With all my heart. And so they prayed together. And Praise Phyllis turned to the Lord. And her hardness Hallelujah. just left. And she became a follower of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise <clears throat> the Lord. Edith got worse. And on Good Friday, she came in to uh, care for Edith. And Edith said, Phyllis, do you know what day it is today? And Phyllis said, yes, it's Friday. It's Good Friday. And Edith said, 
Yes, but to you, every day is Easter, Phyllis. Yes. Every day is Easter. <laughs> so two days later now, uh, Phyllis came in, and she went to the flower shop mm -hmm. before going up to the room, and sure. she bought some lilies because she wanted to give them to her on Easter, mm -hmm. which is her favorite day. In yeah. fact, Edith started, Mine they too. started calling her Edith Easter uh -huh. because she talked about Easter so much. Edith Easter. So she was bringing them in. She brought the lilies in. She set them down. She looked over at Edith. Edith was sitting on the bed with yeah. the Bible in her lap. Mm -hmm. And she had a smile on her uh -huh. face. Her eyes were closed. She wondered if she was praying. She went over to her. She realized that she wasn't praying. She was gone. She had already left. And she had her left finger on John 14, 6. Mm. I go to prepare a place for you. Mm -hmm. And her right finger was That's on true. Revelation 21, 4. There will be no more sorrow, no Yay. more pain. No for the former tears. things, no more tears. For the Yay. former things have passed away. Hallelujah. And Phyllis looked up to heaven and she said, Happy Easter, Edith. And then Phyllis went back and she uh, saw two new student nurses sitting mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. office. And she said, Hello, my name is Phyllis. Do you believe in Easter? <laughs> so she was going to carry it on. Yes. So kids, Easter is wonderful. Like and you can have story. Easter every day. That's right. Yay. Amen. Good job. Thank you. Oh, thank you for your good job. And come, come you did a good next job Sunday. too. Mm. <laughs> to all of you. Christ is risen. Let me hear it. Alleluia. So, have any of you been to Egypt before? I was in Egypt. There are some crazy, outstanding pyramids there. One called the Great Pyramid of Giza. And it took two million blocks, each of which is two and a half tons, to build that huge structure. And we still don't know how they did it. There are chambers inside. It's where they housed the pharaohs after they died. And there are all kinds of passageways. And Egyptologists, archaeologists are still studying because it's an, inf uh, an incredible feat of architecture and of indestructibility of 2,600 years before the birth of Christ. And some of them are still standing. So how'd they do that? That's fantastic. So I'm going to show you a picture uh, here of... The Garden Tomb. The Garden Tomb is one of the sites that are the possible site in which Christ was buried. The other, uh, more likely, is the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Uh, those two sites people visit and uh, celebrate the, the resurrection. Here is the Garden Tomb 
I'll let you look at that. Can you see it okay? Tell me yes if you can. There it is. And nice tomb. Now remember, uh, Jews did not bury people. They laid them to rest. So Jesus was placed in a tomb, and a rock was taken uh, and put against it. And so this could have been the site, or it could be the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, or someplace else. Compared to these huge pyramids, it's nothing. Here's the difference. No one's there in the garden tomb. No one. He rose. How long did he stay there? Let's see if we can figure that out. When did he die? He died on Friday afternoon. What time? You're right, 3 o'clock. And now the disciples weren't thinking about death, so they weren't thinking about burial. The women were. One woman anointed Jesus, and Jesus said, she did this for my burial. Astounding. Jesus was thinking about his burial. Any Jew would be thinking about how they're going to be dealt with because that's an honorable thing. It's uh, people who were crucified that didn't have a family. They were just left for the birds to deal with. Who was thinking about the burial? Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the Sanhedrin. Most of them were killers, and he came to know Jesus as Messiah. And so did a man named Nicodemus who came to Jesus by night. And now they are coming. So they go from the site. Apparently they were at the crucifixion site. They go from the site to talk to Pilate, ask for the body. He's surprised that Jesus was already dead. That's He was on the cross for six, nine to three, six hours, about the time the kids are in school. And he was surprised he was already dead. Sometimes it took many days for them to die. Uh, and you remember they broke their legs uh, of the thieves so that they would die more quickly. Because the biggest feast of the year, Feast of Unleavened Bread, Passover, was taking place. And if anyone was working... After sundown, they'd be stoned. People would just take up stones to stone because that was sacrilegious. So they had till sundown. April 15th this year, sundown was 7.59. So maybe about that time. They had from 3 to about 7.30. And let's say they got Jesus taken care of and laid in at 6.30 on Friday night, so that's 24 hours till Saturday night, and then Sunday morning, the women, Mary Magdalene, it says in John 20, went to the tomb before, before dawn, so before 6.57, at least in my calculations here, uh, before the sun came up and the stone had already been rolled away, the tomb was empty, so Jesus got out of there before uh, 12 hours, so somewhere up to 36 hours. That's all he was in it. Joseph, I only need it for a short period of time, and then I'll be out of there, and you can use it. 
wherever you want to. How kind of Joseph and Nicodemus. But in order to talk about resurrection, we need also to talk about death. Death is a chilling word just to say, say it, think about it. We'd rather avoid it, wouldn't we? Now, not Phil. Phil is going on 96. Phil Ludio lived a long, fulfilling, selfless life, 38 years in Japan, serving our military. And I talked to him two days ago. I said, Phil, you're, you're going to be going before too long, right? And he said, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Others who look toward death are those who contract terrible diseases, like my friend Robert Walter, who has blood leukemia. And he told me on Wednesday, he said, Paul, 27% of those who contract this live after three years. So he's staring death in the face. I, I said, tell me about that, Robert. Well, of course he wants to live on. He's got an incredible worldwide ministry. I don't know any friends who have a more powerful ministry than Robert. And I said, Robert, we need to keep you around. Of course, we're going to pray for that, uh, but he's looking death in the face and and talking with his wife, dear wife Vilia, and believing for a miracle. So when I think back on the funerals that I performed in San Pedro, I did some for people who weren't Christians, uh, some who believed in things like reincarnation. Listen to that word, re. Incarnation. Incarne is in flesh. Chili con carne is chili with flesh, with meat. Incarnation, God coming flesh. Reincarnation is coming back again. And so there are a number of those. It's a growing phenomenon in America to believe in reincarnation. New Age, of course, believes in reincarnation. that You really don't die. See, it's taking the sting out of death, they think. It really isn't. To believe that it's not really happening. And so I remember a card that I read about uh, somebody. I was at a reception afterwards. and said, she is not dead. She has gone on a trip. And so we attempt somehow to, to deny death by reinventing it, by giving it another term, by saying people really don't die that isn't what the Bible says. The Bible says, it is appointed unto men once to die, and after that the judgment. Hebrews 9, 27, we're mortal. One philosopher said, humanity has a strikingly high mortality statistic. One out of one people die. Eat well, exercise right, die anyway. That was on a billboard. So, as much as we don't want to face up with it, we have to face up with our mortality. God is not mortal. He, the, to the invisible, immortal God, we give praise in the hymn and in the scripture. He never dies. And so, it was hard for the disciples when Jesus began talking about his upcoming 
death. It says he began, so he did it many times. We've got four times in Matthew, three times in Mark, where he, he talked to them about his death, and they didn't understand it. At one time, Jesus says in Luke, he says, let these words sink into your ears, because he could tell they weren't getting it. They weren't willing to. They were thinking glory. They were thinking throw off the Romans. They were thinking sit at your right and your left hand. They were thinking prominence. They were thinking all kinds of positive things, but death was a negative thing. And so they couldn't accept that Jesus was going to die, nor could they really accept the fact when Jesus said, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross, and follow me. When they heard the word cross, they didn't think jewelry. There's no jewelry made of crosses. They thought, eh, terrible death. And so when Jesus, one time, he used the word, he, he will be crucified. Usually he said he will be killed, and after three days rise, the resurrection was always there in his words. But once he said, he will be crucified. So they knew that he was going to be delivered over to the Gentiles because Jews didn't crucify. They used stoning as the most prominent way for killing. So they couldn't see it. They didn't want to see it. They ignored it right up until the day it happened. And we hear Jesus crying out to the Father in, in a vulnerable prayer, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. He gave himself over willingly to death. And Satan thought he was winning big. In fact, Jesus was stomping on the devil. Colossians Two, 14 and 15, say he, he disarmed him, he demolished him. He, he made public display of him, triumphing over him in the cross. Jesus said that before he got to the cross. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of darkness be cast out. And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. So, you're saying, why am I talking about the death? This is resurrection time. I'll tell you why. If you have a good Friday, you have a great Sunday. They both come together. And so when we see Jesus going to the cross, then dying, terrible death. Good Friday was bad Friday. Thirty-six hours later, He's out of the tomb, and he begins to meet people. As I talked about last week, the, the appearances of Jesus showed how kind, how understanding, how caring he was and is. So you remember the first time Jesus began to talk about his death was when he went with the disciples to Caesarea Philippi, and he said, Who do men say that I am? And they said, well, some say you're like John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, and some one of the prophets. And then he said, who do you say that I am? And Peter, 
good for Peter. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus really affirmed him. Flesh and blood have not revealed this to my Father who's in heaven. Then he began to talk about his death after talking about this glory. Peter is feeling great, and Peter says, this will never happen to you. He never said that again. He never made that mistake twice because he was put down really strongly. The disciples couldn't, couldn't get it, couldn't get the death part of this, this equation. Remember what I said. If you want to have a great resurrection, you have a good Friday. So then he also said to disciples who wanted to come after him, he didn't give him, didn't give him some promises. He gave him a warning. He said, if any man would come after me, okay, here's what you do. You deny yourself. You take up your cross and you follow me. So he went through the pain of suffering, affliction, of torment, of death. And even after his death, they didn't get it. They, they couldn't believe the worst until the worst happened. When the worst happened, then they couldn't believe the best. But Jesus put them two, the two of them together and then began to visit people to reassure them that he truly was alive. He reassured Thomas, as I told you last week, by letting Thomas put his hand in his side. Good for Thomas. He believed now. And he went to India, as I told you, to be a, an evangelist and a, and a leader. So when you speak about the resurrection in the New Testament, you speak about both the death and resurrection. Let me just show you some scriptures. In Acts 2, now the Holy Spirit has come. And once the Holy Spirit came, they never wished for Jesus back. They never said, oh, please come back. We want to walk with you again. They knew he was at the right hand of the Father. And they knew he had authority. And he was granting it to them so they could walk in the power of the Spirit under the authority of Christ and do the works that he did. So here they are, Acts 2, a crowd gathers and uh, Peter does what Peter can do. He preaches, and this is what he says. Being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of the Father, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this, which you have seen and heard. He was bold to say to them earlier, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed. So you see in the book of Acts the boldness of these men to speak clearly to these people. You did it. You turned him over. Pilate was willing to release him, and you wanted Christ crucified. And then God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Then, in chapter 3, uh, a lame man is healed, and that brings a crowd. So what do they do? They preach the God of Abraham, chapter 3, verse 13, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate, 
when he had decided to release him, but you denied the Holy One and asked for a murderer, and you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. See, you got the death and resurrection there together. Then they're brought before the council. They're uh, beaten, but listen what Peter says. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. What did they preach? The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They were beaten. They were, uh, and then they were thrown out. They come home and they prayed. They said, Sovereign Lord. No, wait a minute. Here, where am I? And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Acts tells the story, and the epistles give us the understanding, the theology behind it. And so Paul, in uh, his letter to the Philippians, he puts these two beautiful truths together. Philippians 3.10, he says, that I may know him. The power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So his understanding was death and resurrection. In his most prominent exposition of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Romans, in chapter 6, he says this, putting the two together, for if we have been united with him in a death like his, remember, Jesus said to us, you deny yourself, you take up your cross and you follow me. What's death? I die to myself. I say to my own shame that it took me years to learn how to die in my marriage. But when I did, Karen could see the difference. I die to myself so that I can serve others. Jesus, that's how he sanctified the bride, by his death. We serve others by our own death to ourselves. If we are united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection. What's resurrection? Power! What's death? It's shame, it's sorrow, it's brokenness. It, I have a whole list of them here. Where do I? Where did I put that? Come on. Here it is. Good Friday was dark. Sunday was light. Good Friday was suffering. Sunday was glory. Good Friday was weakness. Sunday is explosive power. Good Friday we see the perishable. Sunday we see the imperishable. Physical on Friday, spiritual. Sunday, sowing on Friday, reaping on Sunday. 
So it says in verse 14, For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. Those who are able to die to themselves will live in the power of the resurrection, and they will see that sin does not control them, that the Lord Jesus controls them. He who is at the right hand of the Father, the man interceding for us at God's right hand. So, I want you to have a good Friday in order that you may have an absolutely glorious Sunday. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor, grant you his peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Christ is risen. He is risen. Hallelujah. <laughs>